The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And here we go. The very last Duff McKagan joke of the week for 2023. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling you. I hope everything's going well there with everybody. Listen, um, I heard of this story. Um, this patient went in to see the doctor. He said, uh, doctor, I keep thinking I'm a dog. And the doctor said, how long has this been going on? The patient said, ever since I was a puppy. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Ah, the final joke, or was it, of 2023 from my man Duff McKagan. He appeared on the Winnipeggers this week, uh, the Winnipeggers Christmas, The Search for Spiwi. You can go watch that on my YouTube channel. It was absolutely requaculous, as you can imagine, but we always have a lot of fun, and we always have a lot of fun with Duff. Here's open for bigger laughs and bigger stinkers in 2024. We love you, Duff. We love uh, your family. And we wish everybody in the McKagan family and all of your families a very happy new year. Uh, have fun and be safe. And for anyone in the UK, Fozzie's coming back in February. Come rock with us. The spotlight on the UK tour kicks off February 16th in Newport, Wales. Wraps up February 26th in Northampton, England. We're doing our legendary VIP meet and greets at every show. We'll meet you. We'll take pictures with you. We'll sign whatever you want. We play a set for you. Even come let you sing if you want. All ticket information and VIP information is at FozzieRock.com. All right, final guest of 2023, one of our favorites returning here, the very funny, funny man, a huge sense of humor, uh, opens, happens to be the director of comedy for the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, which, by the way, is January 26th, leaving from Miami. We are sold out. There's still a waiting list available, ChrisJerichoCruise.com, and we have a huge announcement on January 2nd about the uh, talent and some of the events that are going to be in the cruise, it is going to blow your mind. And Brad is going to blow your mind as well with his new comedy special out now on Veeps. Uh, the new comedy special is called Starfish. And like I said, you can stream it now on the Veeps platform. No subscription needed. Brad Williams tells us all about the special and gives us a little sneak peek at the material. Reveals why it's called Starfish. He also does a great story about meeting his comedy hero, Robin Williams. Here are all the details about the run-in he had with Swoggle in the last year's Jericho Cruise. They did it during the Oceanic Championship match between Mark Cardona and Flip Gordon. Brad Williams also has some heat with fellow dwarf actor Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones over the upcoming Snow White live-action movie. We'll get into that. Also, our mutual friend, comedian uh, Tanya Davis, who I went to high school with in Westwood, also a little person comedian. Brad talks about that. You'll hear my favorite Brad Williams bit so much more. Lots of laughs, great times with one of my favorite Talk is Jericho guests and the director of comedy on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. Here he is, Brad Williams, starting right here, right now. With the uh, returning Brad Williams, I think this is maybe your third or fourth, fifth time on the podcast. I got to get you out your green jacket or something. Yeah, it's kind of like Jericho title runs. I'm sure you just lose track at some point. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, lots of stuff to discuss. Mm -hmm. First of all, coming up again very quickly here is the Jericho Cruise 5 Alive. And you are uh, the uh, director of comedy. I am. I'm the director of comedy. You have given me the reins and let me book the shows, which, by the way, I didn't know how many wrestling fans there were in the comedy world. But word word has gotten out that I booked the Jericho Cruise. And now you have a bunch of comics, uh, uh, let's just say it, sucking up to me. And I'm fine with that. 
I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> they are very being very friendly to me. They they they've seen the photos. They want to be on the cruise. I talk it up. And just so you know, whenever I'm on a podcast, I always call it by its proper name, the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. That's true. The whole thing. Absolutely. Well, the funny thing is like this is the fourth time you've been on yeah. the, the cruise. I missed the Ric Flair year uh, because my, <laughs> as, as we've discussed. Oh, right. Previous episodes, my wife had the nerve to get pregnant and have our, and have the due date right around that time. Uh, so, the audacity. <laughs> so I, yes. The audacity of her. So, but now I'm, I'm clear. I'm far as I know, there's no babies coming during this time. So I am, <laughs> uh, I, I'm stoked for the five alive, but it's crazy that like, just to think about how much you've grown career wise. That's not, very not, triggering. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes. How much you've grown. Wise. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> the word grown. We got to use this tread lightly with that. <laughs> um, but I mean, and the thing is now like you, you do the cruise and we appreciate it. And obviously we're paying you a fraction of a fraction of, of what you're making <laughs> on tour. But like, and that's when, when the first year came 2018, the first cruise, you were schlepping it out and doing a great job, but now you've just become this giant star yeah much to my chagrin because it's hard for me to you know <laughs> deal with you now hey man i love doing the cruise and the thing is is you provide such an atmosphere and the cruisers the ragers are so friendly like i got people that be like oh that doesn't stink you can't walk around the boat even you have to stay in your cabin I'm like no everyone's great everyone's so nice mm -hmm. and everyone's very respectable if, 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 if you tell them hey i'm a little busy doing something they're more than likely fine with it it's 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 fantastic and yeah people just started sharing my clips around tiktok and other social medias and it just kind of blew up which is very strange because i'm not actually on tiktok there's some guy says brad williams and i think he's got like an extra l or something like that <laughs> and uh he shares all my clips and i i really need to find out who this person is because uh i probably owe him a steak dinner or something because it, <laughs> it, it's really blown up the career but I'm not on TikTok. So if anyone claims to be Brad Williams on TikTok and asks you for money, do not pay them. <laughs> do you have that? Do you have people impersonating you? All the fucking time. And oh. my, fav my favorite thing is, though, when somebody will send me something like, hey, is this you? And it's one of those things. And the guy's got like two followers. Yeah. I'm like, you know, it's not me just biting <laughs> on the followers. But I just got one yesterday. Same thing. Like people saying give me money or a lot of the girls that i know hey how's it going you know chris jericho yeah. here and it's like why would i ever do that right so right it's funny that people take the time to even want to do that i and out of all the quote-unquote celebrities to be really like you could have tried to be jason momoa that seems very that, that seems a lot more exciting <laughs> I, i'm not even the top dwarf you could you you could have tried dinklage <laughs> He's not even on social media, so they so they have no reference point. Like like, stop trying to impersonate me. At least try at least try to be Dinklage. You'll probably get you'll you'll probably get more traction out of it. You get uh, some dwarf heat with Dinklage. <laughs> I do actually. I actually have dwarf heat with uh, Dinklage, which sounds like a great podcast that he should absolutely start. Dwarf heat with Dinklage, but uh, I I have a little actual heat with it now. Before I get into this. I'm actually a huge, obviously a huge fan of him and he's really talented and I would actually love to sit down and meet him, have a dinner with him and talk, but I got a little heat with him because he's the one that kind of started this don't cast dwarves as dwarves in Snow White movement. Oh, right. Yeah. So the new Disney live action Snow White uh, is coming out allegedly and uh, Dinklage did an interview where he said that essentially them casting dwarves as dwarves would be offensive and disney catered there and they switched it to snow white and the seven magical beings which if you look at the screenshots no. they they look like seven people that you find playing hacky sack in portland like it's, it's just a <laughs> bunch of like oh all right you're down in venice and you're just going with whatever you want to do for fashion there's one dwarf in the group so chris jericho you have employed with Hornswoggle and myself, the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Ranger at Sea has employed more dwarves than Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. That's insane. Is it still <laughs> called Snow White and the Seven Dwarves? Yeah, it, it, now it's just called Snow White. And then oh my when the photos came out of the uh, hipsters from Berkeley playing dwarves, <laughs> they catered, everyone got mad, and then they, they switched it again 
but now all the dwarves are CGI. Oh my So gosh. it's all, so it's all like. Uh, but why, just, why would Dinklage say that? That's so, it's the plum casting. Like you could have done it, and Swaggle could have done it. Yeah, like why would he? Yeah. What's the problem here? I don't know why he said it. You could say that maybe Snow White and Seven Dwarves, that whole thing, casted like uh, a negative stereotype of little people. You can make that argument. I might disagree with you, but uh, you can make the argument. But my whole thing is. Okay, if you're not casting us in those roles, what other roles right. are out there for us? Like, if they say, okay, it's offensive if dwarves play uh, leprechauns, elves, and dwarves, it's like, well, <laughs> shit, man, what, what else do we have? You're not getting cast as a giant. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, yeah, I, so I don't like it in that way. I'm willing to play my own person. I'm willing to play a dwarf. I'm fine with it. I don't get the whole, like, it's offensive if little people play dwarves. I want some acting roles, but that's one of the reasons why I'm glad I'm doing stand-up. Glad I'm on tour. Glad I'm releasing a new special called Starfish that is that is now available on a platform called Veeps. And if you're like, what is Veeps? I don't want to subscribe to something else, which is actually a comment you made under the announcement, Chris. You're like, what the hell is Veeps? <laughs> and I get it. <laughs> totally get it. But, it, but, but if you go to Veeps.com, there's all these concerts, like there's stuff from Alicia Keys, Imagine Dragons, and now they're getting into comedy specials too. So you can watch concerts and comedy specials in the comfort of your own home. You don't subscribe. You don't pay to subscribe. Just pick and choose what you want. Mine's called Starfish. It came out on December 21st. You want to know why I did that, Chris Jericho? December 21st? Why? It's the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. Ah, very nice. Marketing! <laughs> I also like how you just went full on Gene Simmons there and just said, I'm done talking about dwarfs in the movies. I'm just going on my own now. Hey, man, sometimes you just got to plug your stuff. I'll go back. Don't no, get that's, me wrong. That's, but, no, it, no, but I do know what Veeps is. I think Fozzie did a special on Veeps once. So are you sure that I was the one who said, what the hell is Veeps? Well, unless you have a uh, social media manager that thought that thought it might be funny but all good my friend all good i was probably drunk that's probably <laughs> what it was <laughs> it's a lot of fun i'm 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 glad to be on this platform and much like you in aew it's nice to get in on the ground level of something mm -hmm. and being able to kick it off like i'm i'm i was in the first round of comedians that were given specials on this platform so yeah we had we had options from other people but I really liked what Veeps was doing in terms of very artist friendly and uh, build something up from the ground. It's really exciting to say that you were there and you, and you were first. And, you know, you bet on yourself. You bet on yourself with the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. You lost money on the first cruise. I, did. <laughs> I financed this special myself. Oh, wow. I did it myself. So if you like my stuff and you want to support me, Please buy this damn thing because that's how I make my money back. <laughs> I have an Asian dwarf baby to feed, Chris. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Let me ask you this, because I know you've had your specials before. It was like you know, one was on Netflix and yep. you had Amazon. Amazon. So what then makes you decide to finance it yourself and take it to Veeps? They gave me complete artist control. They said, however you want to promote it, however you want to advertise it if you want to cut the clips yourself and i own the special gotcha i still own it they are streaming it but i still own it and that gives me complete ownership in every way shape or form of the special and that's what really uh that that's what really intrigued me i have some friends who are comedians that uh, put put specials out on other platforms and they lost control they weren't able to cut clips and post it on their social media and they didn't control how much advertising their their specials got on the platform. Sometimes they get buried uh, because a new uh, murder mystery doc comes mm -hmm. out, and then it just get and then everything gets buried. So, uh, yes, or like Tiger King does a sequel, and then right, right. no one watches your stuff. So, just the fact that it gave me complete control over it—that's what really interested me. When you record Starfish, are you doing it from the biggest venue possible? Would you rather do it in a smaller venue because it's easier for camera? Yeah. Or you want the crowd? 
Uh, I did it at a place called Sony Hall in New York City, okay. which is about 500 seats. And so it's, it's sort of in the middle. It's not a big theater, uh, but it's not a small comedy club. So it, it kind of has the feel of a theater, but still has the intimacy of a club. Because that's, as you know, Chris, stand-up comedy live. It, it's so much better live. And mm -hmm. you try to harness that live feeling to the best that you can when you release a special. Not that I can fill a baseball stadium like Fluffy or Bill Burr. <laughs> I can't. But I, I think when you do something like that, it kind of loses the intimacy. Don't get me wrong. The camera shots are amazing and they look incredible. But I really wanted you to feel like you were at a live Brad Williams show, which, as you know, being that you've been to a few of my shows, are very high energy. And uh, I like to make sure everyone feels involved. So, And I really feel like we did a good job. Like I said before, Veeps gave me complete control. So I got to edit this thing. Oh, wow. You are looking at what I feel is the best representative of a Brad Williams live show. And I'm stoked for it. So do you like come up with a whole new set for, for the special? And once again, it's the try and true. Like, how do you get your ideas? But like, yeah. so there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Because I would assume like when you do new bits, you probably don't have a lot of chance to try them out. Well, thankfully, since my last special, uh, which was The Degenerates on Netflix, I've had time and uh, a whole worldwide global pandemic yeah. to get to get material together. So the special is nothing else that is out there. But if you go see me on tour, if you like the special and you want to go see me on tour and you buy a ticket, here's my Gene Simmons moment, to the <laughs> Tour 24, uh, doing over 70 dates, uh, going to be announcing more dates, going to different countries. So get ready. It's getting nuts. All the, all, all the tickets are available at bradwilliamscomedy.com. Gene Simmons moment. <laughs> if you go see me live, it's going to be different material than I put on the special. So, so in the last seven months, I've, I've just been throwing stuff at the wall and thankfully came up with them, which with enough new material to fill over an hour. And now, now I'm just fine tuning it. And it's, it's fun, man. It's real exciting. Do you ever like include some of your old bits or do you just kind of leave those? Um, like, do you have a, like a greatest hits that you might pull out <laughs> once in a while? My general philosophy is once it's in a special, it's done. done. But at the same time, sometimes people come to the shows and, and they yell out like, I want to hear the urinal bit <laughs> or something like that, where I talk about how Quick the little porn. urinal. Yeah. Yes. That's your favorite. That you quote to me many, many times, but actually you have to finish up the joke, the urinal bit, because I think of you every time I see this at the airport. So please quickly recap it. For yes. Us. You go to, you go to a uh, men's restroom here in the United States and there's all the urinals that are up there for six foot, like yourself and then you have the one that's way the hell down there that is mine that is my urinal it, it, it is reserved for me and it is reserved for six-year-olds okay that is who it is reserved for stop pissing at my urinal just just because it makes you feel like a giant or, or maybe it's the only time you feel your dick looks big i don't know don't do it don't piss at my urinal if i see you in an airport or in a public restroom and you're using my urinal i will call you out I will R. Kelly your leg. I will go nuts. <laughs> I have done not. I've never actually peed on anybody. That would, that would be illegal. But uh, some of the comedy clubs don't have bathrooms in the green room, which is a little annoying. So I got to go out and take a whiz with general pop. So now it's like <laughs> someone's going out to see me. And now I'm and it, it's happened where someone's using my urinal at my show. And then I walk behind him and go, you got to be kidding me. Like, you gotta, <laughs> like, I can't even piss at my own show. I'm standing right here. <laughs> I'm right here. The one place where you know I am, where you know this is actually a possibility. But then I've had some clubs, they put a sign above the urinal that says reserved for Brad Williams. So respect. that's awesome. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I always hate those. And thankfully, we don't play. I'm sure you don't either play a lot yeah. of those venues anymore where you have to use the common bathroom. Like, uh, I just don't like forget it. I'll just yeah. stay on the bus or whatever. But like, I, that's the worst feeling in the world having to walk out into the crowd to yeah. use the bathroom <laughs> standing next to some schmo. Like, hey, I paid 20 bucks to see Brad Williams. And he didn't even get to didn't even get a pisser in his dressing room. Yeah. 
Yeah, that and like you know, you dress like a rock star when you're at your shows. Yeah. So now it's like you're walking in with spiked jackets. Yeah. And like and yeah. like multicolored shoes. I mean, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen <laughs> if someone trips and falls and gets stabbed by Jericho. <laughs> what does uh, where does the starfish title of the special come from? Starfish is. How I describe myself uh, whenever the wife and I have a minor disagreement and she says, like, you're sleeping on the couch. And she says that like it's a punishment. Couch is still a king size bed for me. I don't care. <laughs> so I hop around the couch and go full starfish. And, I, and I'm just real big and just taking up all the space I can. That's where it comes from. What I didn't realize when I named it that is that when I called it Starfish, some people think back to a Limp Biscuit album yeah. that's called Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water, where Starfish is a, is a reference to your asshole. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now I have, I have a very different definition. But now when I tell people, oh, it's called Starfish, they kind of like giggle and they're like, ah. Oh. So something to do with the ass, right? It's like, that, no, darn you, Fred Durst. <laughs> well, that's what I was uh, thinking as well when, when I first heard it, you know. Leave it to Brad Williams to talk about his little person asshole, whatever the fuck he's going to yes. talk about now. Yeah. Little person asshole. We're all, we're all dreams and, ni and nightmares come true. <laughs> do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I was reading your um, the bio that that came out with the special. Yeah, it says once described by Robin Williams as Prozac with a head. Yes, please tell me about this. I didn't know that you oh. knew Robin Williams, and obviously you share a last name and a great sense of humor. So, what was yeah. your relationship with him? Other than performing on the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, this has got to be maybe my top memory in all of stand up comedy. I was doing a show in Mill Valley, California, which is just north of San Francisco. This is like maybe eight years ago. And uh, that's where Robin had a home, and that and that's where he lived. There was a rumor that Robin might show up to the show. He had talked to the theater or something, but I didn't think anything of it. I do my show. I come backstage, and bursting through the green room door is Robin Williams, one of my comedic heroes, just runs right up to me. I'm stunned. I can barely move. And he just kind of walks up and goes, oh, my God, Mr. Williams, you're like Prozac with a head. And I just thought, oh, all right, that's the compliment of all compliments. That's going on my bio for the rest of my life. Then Robin was really cool. We talked comedy for a while. And then he invited me to his show that was at the same theater. It's this little small theater. It's not a big venue. So he would go there to work out stuff. And he invited me to his show the next night. And so I showed up to the show and they said, your seats are reserved. And this is a small, like maybe 200, 250 seat theater. And Mill Valley is a very wealthy area. Uh, you got to have a lot of money to be there. Mm. It's all full except for these two seats up front that said reserved. And you can tell people are looking at like, who the hell are those for? <laughs> who's who's going to sit in those? And, and then just me and my opening act, two at the time, very unknown comedians come walking down. You could almost, two thoughts probably entered those people's heads. Either, either one, they were very disappointed. Mm -hmm. Or B, they, they saw a dwarf walking up. They went, oh, it's probably his make-a-wish. Robin's very nice. <laughs> this is this guy's last comedy show. It was before the beard. I looked way younger. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it, yeah they, they, they probably thought something like that. Yeah, Robin, a comedic hero. And now... In my office, I have a painting of Robin Williams that a fan did. And then I found this. I found a, a signed poster of the movie Aladdin. And it's signed by Robin. Hmm. And it says, your wish is my command. And that is also hanging in the office. So I have, I have, I have those things in the office. And that's one of those things where, you know, they always say, like, in a fire, what, what would you run in and get? Yeah. After the my wife and kid and the dog, after yeah, those yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. After we know that, that that's a given. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But after them, then 
yeah, I'd probably I'd probably grab that poster. Has there been other comedians that you admired when you were just starting or um, throughout the years that have given you compliments like that, that you've worked with or, or seen? So I love Bill Burr. I'm a huge Bill Burr fan. That guy is doing it at a level that I, I don't know if anyone's coming near him. He's so darn good. And we did a show together. It was this like big show. It was at... I don't know if you know this venue, Chris. It's since been demolished, but it was the Universal Amphitheater in Los Angeles. Yeah, of course. Right at Universal Studios. Great huge, place, yeah. Huge name played there. Yeah. We did a concert there. It was a big show. It, it was, you know what? I'm literally staring at the T-shirt right now. On this lineup is Felipe Esparza, Brad Williams, Tim Minchin, Jim Jeffries, Bill Burr, Bob Saget, Jay Moore, and Eddie Izzard. Wow. So I'm by far the most unknown comic <laughs> in that lineup. And this was in 2012. So that was even, I, I was not known at all. I did my set and I, with names like that, I really wanted to stand out. So I closed the show. This was for a radio station. I got one of the morning show people on stage, a uh, DJ named Lisa May. I, I got her up on stage and I gave her a lap dance in front of a sold out universal amphitheater, the place goes nuts. The place, like at one point during the lap dance, I, I did a cartwheel. Like <laughs> I, like I landed right on, it was great. And Lisa's going nuts. She loved it. And Bill does his set. And I, I haven't met Bill. So I'm like waiting off stage for his set to be done. I'm like, I'm, I'm finally going to meet Bill Burr. I love this guy. And Bill just walks off stage sees me and in his perfect Bill Burr Boston accent just goes, you should have fucking closed it. And then, and then, and, and then walked out. And I'm just like, <laughs> ah, okay, there's my moment. Okay. Nice to meet you, Bill. Yeah. That was a very nice moment of uh, Bill giving props in a way that, that only he can the compliments like that. I'm sure it's like getting compliments from other, from other wrestlers, mm -hmm. other musicians. Like when you get those compliments, they kind of, they kind of mean a little more because it's sure. someone who does it, someone who's involved in that world and knows what it's like to do that. So whether it's Bill, whether it's Robin or whether it's a comedian, nobody knows about them coming up and saying, Hey dude, you're really funny. You really do this. Well, that means the world, man. Well, yeah. And, and that's, it's always the most important thing to have the respect of your peers. That means everything. Yeah. And now there's even more dwarf comics doing it. I don't know if you know the comedian, Nate Bargatze, uh, but his opener is a guy named Nick Navicki, and he is another little person. And him and I have known each other since we were five and six years old. No way. Yeah. So now we're both doing stand up and we're both like playing these huge audiences. And it's just, it's just really cool. I'm not a guy that says like, uh, I have to be the only little person comic. No, if there's more. Mm. Awesome. I think that's great. I love seeing more more people do stand-up. Has there ever been a dwarf stand-up comic? Uh, I'm sure there's been some, but I, ha I haven't seen yeah. that really had any notoriety, though. The only one of some notoriety before me is a woman named Tanya Lee Davis. Oh, dude, who... check this out. I went to fucking high school with her. Get out! That's crazy. This summarizes my career, okay? Because here's the thing. Every time I go to a comedy club and I go, ha, I'm the first dwarf headliner at this comedy club. Nope. You look up on the wall. There's a picture of Tanya Lee Davis. And she had this old headshot where she's like hugging a guy's thigh. And she comes up to the person's mid thigh. Yeah. And now, just like every time that's happened, I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, I'm the first dwarf comedian to be friends with Chris Jericho. <laughs> nope. Tanya Lee Davis went to high school with you. That's insane. There was actually two dwarfs in my graduating class. That's got to no be some kidding. kind of record too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you know Tanya Lee at all? I'm, like, I'm sure everyone I, knew I, her. I did. I, I knew her. Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing I remember is one time she used to drive like when the rest of us got our license. She drove with like hand, yeah, ha yeah. hand, hand pedals controls. or hand controls yeah. and somehow lost control of her car and ended up like halfway up the steps <laughs> of our high school. And that was the big thing, right? Wow, sure. her and I also share that in common. I was in the parking lot of my high school one time, and uh, I don't use the hand controls. I use pedal extenders, so there's just little rods that attach to the pedals. And uh, my brake, all of a sudden I'm driving, and I just hear clunk, and I look down, and the brake is gone. The brake <laughs> has fallen off. So I'm, like, grabbing the wheel and trying to, like, fling myself down to, like, slam <laughs> on the brake. Wow. Didn't do it in time. Uh, ran into another car, and... Uh, 
that's always a fun moment when they're like, I can't believe you hit me. And it's like my brake fell off. <laughs> like that's one of those only that could happen to me. Like it doesn't make any any sense if anyone else says it, but me, they're like, oh yeah, your brake fell off. That actually, that tracks. Well, at least it, it probably alleviates any anger of like this motherfucker just hit me from behind and then you get out of the car and it's like, oh, well, what am I going to do, right? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Oh, 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 I can't believe this. Okay, Chris, I have uh, my opening act who you saw open for me, JB Ball. Yeah. He has heard this story about you and I've been meaning to confirm this. JB apparently knows someone who said that at some point they saw you driving and this woman got into a car accident with you on purpose because she wanted to meet you. <laughs> Is there any validity to this rumor? Or do you remember this at all? I, I don't have any recollection of someone intentionally crashing their car into me just to meet me. Yeah. I can't say that that's an actual true story, but d never let the truth get in the way of a great story. So yeah, sure. It happened. <laughs> and she was hot too, man. Yeah. She was super hot. So yeah, <laughs> I'm going to keep that rumor going for, for sure. Now, have you ever been in a scenario where like you get in a fender bender and someone is pissed off and they go, Holy shit. That's Chris Jericho. Yeah, I've been pretty <laughs> lucky. I haven't had any real fender benders at all, like that I can even remember in the modern era. Yeah. Plus, I never really drive anymore, anyways. I'm too lazy for that. I've, I've stepped into the have a driver territory. Hey, man, <laughs> how many times do we see it? Some celebrity gets pulled over, gets I know, into a car I accident, know. drunk driving, yeah. and they've got you know millions of dollars, and, and you're just like, Get what are you doing? Driver. Exactly. What, what are you, are you doing? doing? So you're so you're doing it right, my friend. But it's funny, though. So going back to Tanya Lee Davis, I was actually in yeah. Nashville probably about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And that we went across the street after the show to have a drink. And it just randomly, the guitar player from Leonard Skinner was also going. I just ran into him on the street. So I go into this club with the guitar player of Leonard Skinner. And it's a dwarf convention, like after party. How have you never told me this story? I don't, I just, just, and, and, and I'm sitting there and lo and behold, here comes Tanya Lee Davis. Come on. I'm like, what, what are you doing here? What so, are the odds? You know, hour later, I'm having shots on my knees with all the, all the dudes and the chicks in there. It was awesome, man. But it was like, and, and the guy from Leonard Skinner's playing with his jam band. Like, this is like one of those oh. amazingly cool nights on the road. Oh, that's <laughs> that sounds like the start of a joke. Yeah, right. Leonard Skinner, Chris Jericho, and a bunch of dwarves walking to a bar. <laughs> like that's, that's, and and by the way, these these conventions are very real, and uh, I love them. I haven't gone for a bit, but I'm definitely going to start going back. So, for those of you who are unfamiliar, every summer there there's a big national convention where like literally thousands of little people will go to a city. We go to one hotel. We take the thing over. It, it's just a trip. Uh, they <laughs> like to dress it up like, oh, this is for community. And like you talk to doctors and you uh, talk about, you know, driving apparatuses, clothing. There's sporting events. It's all about community. Let's be honest, Chris. It's about boning. OK, <laughs> it's about boning. It's about getting a bunch of dwarves in a hotel where we're friend zoned the rest of the year. And then we get to the hotel and now we're hot for the first time. There, and there's some hot dwarf action just going on all that all that oh, week. Wow, that's it, right? Oh yeah, I've got I've got stories I'll tell you off the podcast, <laughs> but basically it involves uh, a lot of little people just kind of lined up like like sardines on a bed. It's great, <laughs> like starfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tie it all back. Yes. So yeah. The, so the dwarf conventions are real. That's great. You went to high school with Tanya Lee Davis. I'm still I'm I'm still on over that. It's not like she was like you know i mean it's funny obviously but like yeah. not like she had aspirations like oh, i'm gonna be a comedian is remember seeing her some well some place of like well, she's doing stand-up now and then yeah. seeing her in nashville and, and, and following her on instagram and all this other stuff like she's obviously done very well for herself yeah. in that love field that. yeah love so, that i've never it's so funny that we've never connected on that before Oh my God. Like, well, I, I don't know. Maybe just, you've just lived a blessed life and you just always have little people in, in, in your life. You lose track. Yeah. Most people meet me one time. They're like, that's, that's my dwarf friend, Brad. You've just got a cavalcade between Swoggle, Tanya Lee, me. There'll probably be more little people that come into your lives at some point. Ray Mysterio. Hey, do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Swoggle was, uh, he was hell-bent on having a match against you last year in the cruise. And I don't think we've talked to you since then. Let's talk about, uh, yes. you, you did have a, a part in the cruise and I had no idea it was coming as well. Cause <laughs> so you do, you did your, your, your up, yep. which is always great. Tell us how Swornhall got involved and then what the whole story happened. So this was something me and Swoggle, cause yes, we all know each other. <laughs> me and Swoggle had been talking about, he'd been begging you to have a match with me on the cruise. I wanted to do something we realized that we probably couldn't do a match. You know, uh, he, he had some injuries. I'm obviously not trained and not a wrestler. It probably wouldn't, wouldn't have been a good match. But then we came up with an idea that we could do, that we can do a run-in. Right. And we're friends with the other wrestlers on the boat, so we could do a run-in together. And we were teasing it the whole time. When we were checking in on the boat, he was actually checking in, going through security, uh, on the dock the same time I was and we and we were like talking shit to each other across <laughs> like yelling at each other at one point uh, you can find this clip on my social media uh, we we passed each other on the boat somewhere and you could see all the other people around us were going like oh oh my god oh my god <laughs> and then I look at Swoggle and under my breath I just go hit me hit me and then man <laughs> He cranks back and slaps me like, oh, my God, like Will Smith style, just like just cranks me across the face. <laughs> and everyone went nuts and we're just like, oh, they're going to fight. <laughs> and, and then and then we kind of walked away from that moment. I kept yelling at him. So then during the match, uh, I believe it was the championship inner seas champion what's the oh uh, yeah the jericho the oceanic championship oceanic championship it's matt cardona versus flip gordon and uh we talked to them and they love this idea we do a spot where uh flip knocks out matt and uh but the ref is knocked out so they right. need a new ref swoggle comes running down the ramp wearing a ref shirt gets in and matt's down and, and he counts the one two and then he stops gives flip gordon double birds and everyone's just like ah oh, double cross but then i run out from the back and i don't have wrestling gear i i, I think i'm wearing sweatpants and a tank top <laughs> i run out and i just stand right behind swaggle and you feel the swell of everyone going like holy shit this is gonna happen this is gonna happen and by the way in my head i'm like this is gonna happen this is gonna happen i'm stoked swaggle bumps into me turns around, sees me. We had the spot planned out, but credit to Swoggle. He was saying stuff under his breath to me, just like, sell it, sell it, sell it. And so I'm like, okay, okay. I'm, and just the anger's building up and the crowd starts chanting, holy shit, before we've, we've before we even done anything. We're just staring at each other. <laughs> All of a sudden, I give him the kick to the gut, give him a stunner. <laughs> the, the boat explodes and you know what i get why you guys do this right. shit, chris i totally get it i've gotten standing ovations i've had you know uh, the biggest crowd ever i performed for was twenty two thousand people i've had them all cheering nothing nothing <laughs> compared to giving a stunner to swoggle in the middle of the ocean and having the whole boat just go nuts that, Oh, I'm getting fired up. Just thinking about that, man. That was so much fun. It worked out great. And like I said, I was watching in the back because the, the horn swoggles kind of, you know, he was part of Matt Cardona's crew with uh, Brian Myers and all that sort of thing. Yep. So when you came out, it was just like, Oh, like I was the same, like, Oh, they're actually going to do this. This is great. <laughs> and then when you dropped yeah. him with the stunner, it was just like, this is so cool, man. This is so cool. <laughs> And you talk about, you know, being in a room with like Leonard Skinner and Tanya Lee Davis, and that's a show business story. Right. That story is one of those only on the Jericho cruise. Yeah. Like you can only get that on the Jericho cruise and why people, I mean, obviously it's sold out already, 
but I know how your brain works. And I, I don't know what you're going to call the sixth one. Uh, it's not going to be five alive. It'll be, I don't know, uh, tricks for six or something like that. I don't <laughs> we already know. got it. In, I already got it in here. <laughs> I bet you do. So yeah, there will be a sixth one. And it, I advise people go on this cruise. This is never just a, Oh, it's your old people going down to Mexico and just kind of having drinks. No, this is, this is metal. This is wrestling. This is comedy. This is paranormal. This is uh, anything. <laughs> we, we've played Family Feud one time. <laughs> we did. Uh, <laughs> that, that was nuts. So, yeah, it, it, there's a bunch of only, only on the Jericho Cruise moments that will happen on this cruise, and I'm sure uh, ones in the future as well. I was just uh, heard the other day, Big Little Brawlers, which is a <laughs> show that's coming out on the Discovery Channel. Yes, uh, about yes. the micro wrestling federations. Like, how do you? I mean, obviously, like you probably think it's it's cool. Like, well, obviously, we've had yeah. little people wrestlers, especially in the early days when I was in Calgary. There was always there was a farmer Pete and the <laughs> angry Pete. belligerent drunk little guy. <laughs> but what do you think of like the micro ballers and, and you know a chance for these 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 dudes and, and ladies to get their own show? I think it's fantastic. I'm all for little people getting their opportunities. People are like, yeah, but they're kind of singling them out. I'm like, well, yeah, you can't put them in with the big show. That's not going <laughs> to look too good or it's not going to be too believable. So, yeah, they right. have to wrestle each other. The, o- the only thing I'm bummed about is uh, what you say the title was? Big Little. Big Little Brawlers. They could have done something better. <laughs> yeah. They could have done a better pun. I I I like three three feet three count something like that like they they they, right. they could have done something something else uh, it's a, a short pun with wrestling terminology that's the that's the only thing I'm bummed about but hey good for these guys and as long as people know that they're the wrestlers and they don't like see me on the street and think that they can throw me through a right, table yeah, yeah, yeah. as long as people make that distinction. All good, man. I never want to deny a little person work. Uh, see, I'm not taking jobs away from little people. Dinklage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting selfish. Them, giving them jobs. <laughs> That's going to be the next door feud on the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling yeah. Rangers. See, Williams versus Dinklage. It's finally going to happen. <laughs> there's uh, if you can see, there's there's Farmer Pete. Right there, I pulled up a picture. Wow. Of him, uh, complete with the overalls and the giant sideburns. Those are giant sideburns. <laughs> the chops. Oh, wow. There. Yeah. See, and I imagine that they that that was always a hit during those wrestling shows. I imagine the micro wrestlers were always always got big pops. Have I told you this? We're just opening each other's hearts today. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you. My very first promo was we had to promote the the special match that was coming up the next Friday. Okay. And I was specifically, it was like Lance Storm and Chris Jericho against whoever we were against. And I was specifically told to promote the fact that the midgets are going to be there. <laughs> and that was the word. I know I know that's not the proper word now, but I'm, I know, everyone's going to try and cancel me again. But it's day. like, and I, I'm literally Fine. said this, bro, you know, it's going to be big week next week for the super special brawl. Lance Storm's going to be there. Chris Jericho, the midgets are going to be there. So come on down and check it out. <laughs> so there's always been that element that was like a big attraction back in the time and like all the dumb things were like the guy would kick out and the ref would catch him and throw him back on the opponent and kick out back to the ref and throw him like just those Uh, yeah they don't really have a lot of that anymore and probably for the the better dwarf spots are not as uh prevalent but if (laughs) if if you think me stunning swaggle is the last time i'm ever going to do anything in a ring you are sorely mistaken (laughs) there there will be more surprises coming up in don't be surprised if, if, if there's some sort of spot that, that we can do, not only on this cruise, but uh, on cruises in the future. <laughs> do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Let's talk a little bit about Matt Apple, which was amazing. Um, I came and saw you last summer. Yeah. Cirque du Soleil, which everyone is always equates with the uh, awesome acrobatics and yeah. lots of music and that sort of thing. But this was the first time that they implemented comedians as well. 
and you were kind of like the ringleader, the ringmaster. Yeah, yeah. I was the first one. The first, you know, you talk about building things from the ground up and being the first ones, you know, wh- whether I'm the first batch of comics that are releasing comedy specials on Veeps uh, or if I'm the first comic ever to do stand-up in a Cirque du Soleil show. Right. They came to me with the offer, and I laughed when they came to me with the offer because uh, I thought to myself, great. When I told my parents that I was going to be a comedian, they're all like, you're going to just end up in the circus. And I was like, I'm not going to end up in the circus. And sure enough, um, I, I end up in the circus. But I took the gig the same way like you do like a mass singer or something like that. It's something different. It mm-hmm. scares you a little bit. It's a little outside your comfort zone. Normally, I go out on a comedy stage and I'm doing uh, stand up and it's my audience. This time, I'm going on after two guys that juggle each other with their feet. Yeah. And it's incredible. And then, and then now Brad comes out and does stand up. And I just did straight stand up. I, I wasn't in Cirque du Soleil getting fired out of a yeah. cannon going, wee wee. Like, like I, I wasn't doing that. I was just doing stand-up, but it was a really amazing experience. I'm glad I did it. I did it for about four months. I kind of launched the show. And then uh, I went back to doing my solo show and, do, and doing stand-up. The, but the show is still going on in Vegas. It's a great show. If, if you're out there and I'm not playing, uh, <laughs> go, uh, go watch Mad Apple. But one story from there that really kind of sums up the fear that everyone has of public speaking and stand-up comedy uh, while we were doing the show, the light board malfunctioned one night and it takes about 10 minutes to reboot this thing. Mm. The work lights come on, the acrobats leave the stage and it's an empty stage. And I see this and I'm, and I'm going, why, why, why do we have an empty stage? They're like, well, we can't, the light board. I go, give me a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> so they just give me a microphone. I run out and then I do 10 more minutes of stand up and crowd work and get everyone going. I get the signal that the light board's working again. So I ramp the crowd back up and like, are you guys ready for a great show? Let's enjoy Mad Apple. All right. And I run backstage and there's an acrobat standing back there who's a Russian hand balancer. You saw him. He was right at the end of the show. Mm -hmm. He's balancing on top of the Empire State Building just on his hands. And, And he's... By the way, he's ripped to hell. He's cut like, oh, my God, this man's a beautiful man. <laughs> and uh, he's just up there and he's like he's a hand balancer. I run off stage and in this Russian accent, he just looks at me and goes, I have no idea how you do what you do. <laughs> <laughs> if I tell a joke and it doesn't work, no big deal. Like the audience doesn't laugh. I move on. If that guy messes up, right. he's dead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so that's just a, an incredible perspective in terms of like this guy does has a skill set that is absolutely unbelievable. But he looks at a dude that just talks mm-hmm. and is like, wow, that's amazing you speak <laughs> <laughs> but that but that's part of like being in showbiz especially when you're in front of a, an audience like i remember on i think maybe it was the third jericho cruise or something like that mm-hmm. i don't know if you actually had to do it but i remember like something something was going on where we needed to kill like 20 minutes or something so we'll just have brad do it yeah it's like, you think you think he'll do that i'm like yes yeah, you can do it just go up there and do an extra 20 like yeah you know it's fine uh yeah i think that was on the third and then on the most recent one, uh, due to weather, we, we we couldn't dock in the Bahamas, so we had to add a bunch of shows. We added a show where I'm doing a and A with you, and I think it ended up being a Talk is Jericho episode. That's right, you hosted it, yeah, or we did, yeah, and then I hosted the Q and A. So it's like that skill set, just being able to talk. Then it will take you places. <laughs> did you have to do a lot of rehearsals for Cirque du Soleil? Like, what's it like working with those people? Because, like you mentioned, the show, yeah. the show's it's still running, right? It's still up and yeah. running. It's it's absolutely incredible. It's different for a Cirque du Soleil, but I remember watching going. This is one of my favorite ones that I've seen. How much rehearsal did you have to put in being the guy that just talks? <laughs> Not much, thankfully. <laughs> but much like uh, Veeps being very artist friendly, they were very artist friendly for me. The guy that put the, the show together. I told him, I go, this is a Cirque du Soleil show. It's not a comedy audience. Do I have any rules? And he goes, you have one rule. Be fucking funny. <laughs> and I go, okay, I can do that. So they didn't give me any boundaries. I I could do whatever I wanted to do, whatever I thought was funny. But then, yeah, the acrobats, they had they had to rehearse. Mm. They were doing months of rehearsals. And in addition to the years of training that they already have, I just mosey in, hand me a microphone, good to go. It, it's... 
I, I love that my job is just, I just need a microphone. And sometimes I don't even have that. <laughs> and you know, like you're, you're in a band and, and you wrestle like you, there's so many other things that are attached to that. You need the ring or you need the lights and the pyro and the other wrestlers. You need a band, you need, you need other musicians and you need all this stuff. Me, I just need a microphone. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I got that, I'm good. I love that. That's my skill set. It's a very simple yet complicated skill set. And Jerry Seinfeld has a joke about it where he says, uh, public speaking is the number one fear in the United States. Number two is death. <laughs> so he's like, people at a funeral would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. a Jerry Seinfeld joke. And uh, yeah, that is very true. No one wants to public speak. And yet, I don't know about you, Chris, I'm more comfortable on stage when I got the microphone in front of hundreds of strangers than I am like at a party where someone just goes, this is Brad Williams. He's a comedian. I'm just staring at a bunch of strangers like, uh, do something funny. (laughs) Oh my God. And then when I, yeah, when I try to do that, then usually goes far and beyond what is appropriate. Has that ever happened to you before where where, like you you get put on the spot? (laughs) He's a comedian. Yeah. All the time, all the time. And then, but, but sometimes I'm just always thinking of jokes. Like I'm always trying to think of jokes. So this happened. So this happened recently. Okay. Uh, I, I moved into a new house with my, uh, with my family. My wife remodeled the kitchen. She was so excited about it. It looks great. She wanted to show it off. So she invited like a bunch of friends over and uh, neighbors, like just a bunch of people came over and she was showing it off. She's like, look at these you know, cabinets and the refrigerator. She goes, look at this backsplash. And one of our friends who is gay goes, I love a backsplash. And I yelled out, I bet you do. And, and then my wife shot daggers at me. I'm like, right, right. Yeah, I, I did. I did comedy right now. And now this is not the time. You know, it's not a comedy club. They're not used to this. And I'm just going to go sit in the corner. I'm going to go starfish on the couch. Right, right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So as we start to wind down here, Brad, I mean, are you still touring like pretty much every weekend? Like what's your schedule like? Yeah. Starting January uh, 6th um, in Santa Barbara. Then I go, then I just start going, we're going to Sacramento. We're going to San Diego. We're going to like over 70 dates, 70 dates. If I'm not, don't be that person that goes like, you never come to, and then it's on the tour schedule. Check the tour schedule over 70 dates. I'm playing venues like, you're a musician. You'll respect this. I'm really excited about this one. In October of 2024, I'm playing the Ryman Auditorium. Nice. In Nashville. Yeah, the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, the home of country music. So the same stage where Johnny Cash, Loretta Lynn, you know, Hank Williams, Hank Williams Jr., the same stage that they all performed on, I'm going to be slinging my dick jokes. And it's going <laughs> to be a lot of fun. Uh, that, that show in Nashville I've already got a few friends uh, that want to come and say hello. So uh, that there's there's going to be a few surprises. But yeah, doing shows. Uh, I even recently did uh, your hometown of Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah, at the, uh, at the it's called the Club Region Event Center, Region Casino, right? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I played there before. It's a great place. Yeah, I saw your signature up on the wall. The the Canadian fans are always amazing, and I've got more Canadian dates. We did. I'm doing a show in Toronto. We sold out a theater, so we added a second show. Uh, got Vancouver, uh, Victoria. So, yeah, we, we got some more Canadian dates. But, yeah, all over the country, go to bradwilliamscomedy.com, click the links, get your tickets. It, it's going to be a really exciting year, man. How does, how does that feel for you? Like, it's always a cool moment when you see sold-out show. Yeah. How does that feel for you, selling out so many shows, having to add shows? I mean, dude, you're 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 becoming a thing. It's pretty <laughs> I'm cool. micro Matt Rife. That's what I am. Uh, I love it, man. As you know, going, like, wrestling, comedy, very similar, and that you start off in front of nobody right. for no money, driving hundreds of miles, for a little spot somewhere, just if you can get on a show, you're happy. So to go from that and where you're getting paid no money and then playing theaters, you know, 1,300 people where, you know, people are spending their money. They bought, uh, they, they got a babysitter. Right. Like, this is their night yeah. out. They're coming they to see you. A good time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pressure, but at the same time, I, I don't take that pressure lightly. I want to make sure if you paid your money to see me that you get a darn good show. 
And then as the venues keep getting bigger, the shows are going to keep getting bigger. I mean, obviously, I'm going to have to install screens so people can see me, my little ass <laughs> on that stage in front of these big venues. It, it's an absolute trip. Like, I I don't know in the baseball stadiums or Wembley Stadium, like, when you're playing that, do you ever just take a moment? Yeah. I know it's hard in wrestling because you're in the moment, but, like, to just kind of look around and go, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I always do that. I actually saw Paul McCartney do that a couple of years ago. He's like, just let me take a moment just to drink, to drink it in. That's where I got the idea from, but he just, let me drink this in. Like you yeah. got to take that moment because it's your hard work paying off. Like, dude, we did it. You know, we did it. And if someone told you the odds when you started wrestling, if someone told me the odds of like, all right, like I'm trying to be a, a, a successful dwarf stand-up comedian. Okay, well, how many people have done that before you? One, your high school mm. classmate, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Davis. But not at your level, man. You are the first. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But now I'm doing all this stuff. So if you had told me the odds, I would have never done it. So now to be doing it at this level, it sounds cheesy, but I do really thank the fans. I, you know, I can't do it without them. Comedy sucks in an empty room. Yeah. Yeah, right. So right. I'm really thankful for them. Thankful that now I get to uh, really kind of do an entertainment bucket list where I'm giving Stone Cold Stunners in a wrestling ring and I'm <laughs> partying with rock stars and I'm doing stuff like that. I'm recently the Denver Broncos inv invited me out to watch a game. I'm watching in the stands. They throw me up on the jumbotron. They put they they, <laughs> they put Brad Williams comedian. For some odd reason, they they put who let the dogs out on, and I just start going nuts and dancing. Someone videotapes it. I put it online. Chris, I've done comedy specials. I've done all sorts of things. Nothing got more views than me dancing like an idiot at the damn Jumbotron at the Broncos game. I saw it. Yeah, exactly. But to like have those moments where like if I tilt my camera here, you can see a signed oh, cool. so that's a signed John Elway jersey. I'm a lifelong Broncos fan. So so to be able to do that, it, it's just a trip. And I'm just so thankful I get to do it. Thankful for the opportunities and uh, thankful now that I'm sure this has happened to you where now you're creating memories for that next generation that yeah. that kid's going to see you wrestle or you perform with Fozzie and then they might get into it. So the same, the same way I saw Robin Williams or uh, Jonathan Winters or Christopher Titus or some, some of these comics and I got inspired. Now someone's going to see me and get inspired. And that's just really cool. That that's really exciting. Last thing for you, Brad, give us uh, w one of the bits from your, from your Starfish comedy special. Obviously, it's going to be hilarious yeah. in 60 minutes, but give us something, a little bit of a, te a teaser. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, see, all right, okay. Be funny. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, be, yeah, be funny, go. Okay, well, first of all, I have a whole bit about the Bud Light controversy oh, nice. that that I really like. It really walks that, that line. It's right on the edge of what's acceptable and what's not. So check that bit out. Watch the special for that bit. But I don't want to do it right here because it's like <laughs> I need the context. I need the build right, up. Right, right, right. But but I will say that I have a whole bit about my wife and my and my relationship. Uh, I'm in a mixed race marriage. My wife is half Chinese. I'm half. <laughs> and <laughs> I like to pause there with the look down. It's like, you better laugh. <laughs> yeah, you better laugh. No, but yes. Uh, so I got that one. And then I go into a lot of what it's like to be in a mixed race marriage. So I'm just proud of the special, man. Yeah. You, you put out good work and you hope that people like it. If not, Come on by and see and get a ticket to see me do it live, and then uh, then I'll do, have a whole new hour of material for you. Do you? Uh, 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 one last thing, like just talk about the Bud Light situation. Yeah. Like I I like the fact. I mean, obviously people went so crazy, especially during the lockdown of this isn't yeah. funny and this is offensive and this, 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 this comedy is supposed to be a little bit on the edge and it's supposed to be, yeah. it's supposed to be kind of offensive. Obviously you look, yes. you know, you can't do Eddie Murphy raw in 2023, but right, I like right, right. guys like yourself. Cause I remember when I saw you a couple months ago, you had that kind of vibe. Like I like that sort of style of comedy. I heard this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to like quote a quote, but like Anthony Jeselnik said this and uh, it really hit home to me. He quoted Andy Warhol Andy Warhol had this quote of art is getting away with it. Mm. Art is saying all the crazy things, doing all the crazy things, but then getting away with it. And the reason why you get away with it is because it's good. Mm. It's because it's funny. You don't get away with it when you're just saying things to be mean or being offensive for offensive stake. 
So it's really, it's exciting to walk that tightrope and also always consider intention. The intention of the comedian is not to piss you off. The, the, the intention is to make you laugh. That we're trying to entertain you. That is all we're trying to do. So if ever a comedian says something and you're like, that really hurt me. Okay, it hurt you. Wait 30 seconds. Right. There's going to yeah. be another joke. Yeah. And maybe you'll enjoy that one. Or don't watch that comedian. If, if you find Dave Chappelle offensive, go watch Jim Gaffigan. That's fine. There's something out there for everybody. And rather than tear down artists and be like, well, I didn't like that. So now that artist can't work. Just find the artist that speaks to you and follow their stuff and enjoy it. Great advice, man. Great point. And I'm looking forward to seeing you on the cruise in just a couple of weeks. And uh, we'll Let's figure out a way it. to get you involved again. <laughs> Five alive. Let's go. <laughs> Always excited. I literally have to go right from here and go pick my daughter up from Do school. It. So love you, buddy. I will see I will see you on the cruise. And thanks for having me. Sounds good, man. Talk to you soon. 